So you don't race with any music? Not even one in, one out? I don't have headphones on when I race. Yeah, I, I don't take them with me. Wow, I don't think I've ever noticed that. Yep, I, I don't know. I think the last time I had headphones in at a race was probably like my first Peachtree Road race. Uh, and that would have been, uh, what, like six years ago, maybe? Something like that. Wow, so okay. That was, uh, yeah, that was like before I even took running seriously. So, <laughs> yeah. Impressive. Uh, uh, I mean, you could say that. I just, I don't know. I really, I mean, obviously with all the costume stuff, like I feed off the crowd and, yeah. and stuff. So it's just kind of, uh, although this past weekend in Nebraska, um, I guess that's one thing I don't have in the topic. So maybe before the intro, um, I've done like several marathons since the last episode and none of them have gone great. <laughs> but Oh no. You know, I mean, we'll get into that. Like I've yeah, been yeah, kind yeah. of off and I'm getting back yeah. into it. But, um, but this one was like in the middle of Nebraska, in the middle of cornfields. And... <laughs> Uh, so for long stretches, there was no one. It was just me and the cornfields. For, oh, wow. Uh, so that was fun. Um, got a lot of me time, which uh, actually is, you know, relevant to the topic we'll be talking about. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's time for yourself. Nice. <laughs> cool. So, um, all right, I'll go ahead and start in the intro and then we can get to it. Okay. It's August 21st. I'm Michael Gabriel and you're listening to Run the Small World, a show in which I talk to friends to both embrace and share the joy I find in running with more than a little bit of Disney and Run Disney thrown in. So let's start by asking uh, who are you and how do I know you? Yeah, I'm Megan Ferris. Uh, we actually met because I stalked you down in the corral during a Run Disney race. I had seen your pictures in the Hogwarts Running Club. Now it's the Potterhead Running Club in the Great Hall page on Facebook. I think it was from Marathon Weekend in 2018. But at that time, I was in a different crowd. But I saw your costumes and I was like, oh, this guy's fun. And then during <laughs> Princess Weekend, I was in a corral with you. And I was like, whoa. I know you. I know your pictures. And I, you know, kind of just ran to the front and pushed people out of my way and was like, hey, I'm Megan. <laughs> and that was the beginning of a friendship. I feel like that's how a lot of my friendships have started these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's good. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your running background. I mean, obviously, you were already doing Run Disney races, but uh, beyond yeah. that, what Yeah. So I started running in 2016. I was in physical therapy for a couple of years. I had a terrible hip injury. And pretty much the doctors told me, you shouldn't run. You should never run more than a mile. I said, all right, that's fine. And I, I met a physical therapist was like, no, we're not going to accept that. And so for three years, she worked with me. And I went from running like six minute miles before my injury to running like run walking. I mean, I was doing a 5k in 35 minutes. It was it was hard for me to do that. And so finally, we got to a place where I could slowly, was, I was running and I could run five miles consecutively, 10 miles connects consecutively. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for a half marathon. And I ran this local race. It was called the Skinny Turkey Marathon on Thanksgiving Day. My family was so mad. They were like, we have to wake up and go on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I dressed up as a turkey. I had a little turkey tutu on. And I ran this race. And I was like, this is this is the greatest. This What have I got myself into? I've never... I mean, it was just an accomplishment, and I was just like, this is great. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep proving them wrong, and <laughs> here I am. It's 2019, and I'm still running. That's awesome. Uh, my first half was also Thanksgiving. Um, <gasps> oh, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was Thanksgiving 2014, I guess it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did it with zero training. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. I was in pain, but I had fun. And so I did another one without training. I was also in pain, but had fun. Uh, and then I trained for my first marathon. And here I am. <laughs> oh, my so. gosh. Um, cool. So uh, I want to like, you already know what we're going to be talking about, but I wanted to kind of like tell anybody who's listening. Um, I mean, I'm pretty upbeat. Anybody who's been listening to this or following me online knows I'm pretty upbeat. Megan, obviously, you're pretty upbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are going to be talking about mental health because it's a thing that matters to both of us. Um, yeah. And so just in case that's like a really sensitive subject and you don't think you can listen to people talking about that, um, you should know that <laughs> right now. Um, but uh, I mean, I feel like there's a few different things we'll touch on, like kind of the nature of it, personal experiences we've had, um, any, you know, any other background, uh, and as well as just kind of like, if you haven't experienced it, hopefully giving you an idea of what it's like. Um, if you have experienced it, maybe you'll come away with some like different language to use because I've learned a lot about it just by thinking a lot about it and reading a lot about it. And then some ideas on what does work, what doesn't work, how you can and can't help people who are dealing with things. Um, and yeah, so we'll get into that. Um, All right. Do you want to add anything to like why this is important before we get in? I mean, it's important. This is I. This is what I got my degree in in college. Um, I currently work at a mental health trauma center in Tennessee. So this is this is my passion, and I'm just all for it. I just really think mental health matters, no matter who it oh, is we're cool. talking so- about. I will definitely defer to you when it comes to anything. Like, I'm not an authority. I just know from my personal experience and and so on, and I try to be thoughtful about things. So, uh, but uh, you can probably speak authoritatively and maybe even put some things I say into, like, a broader context. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess we can start off by, like, what it's like. What it's like. I mean, there are, of course, just a whole, arrange, uh, a whole range of mental health issues, but... Um, we're probably gonna have to narrow that down some. Um, do you want to lead with just kind of like what it means to have a mental health issue and what sort of what we'll probably be talking about? Yeah. So essentially, I mean, me- mental health is it's our emotional well-being. You know, cognitively, behaviorally, everybody has it. You know, it's just not physical health, and it's never been. And unfortunately, the stigma for years has just been so negative, and that's that's starting to lift, and that's just so exciting, especially for someone who who works with it or anyone who is experiencing it because it it can be debilitating. I mean, there's so many mental health health disorders that you people and people try so hard you know it's oh this just happens to me or a lot of things people say is it could be worse and they just push it off and it 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 can present in so many ways with anxiety depression mood disorders even eating disorders substance use it's it's something that for sure needs to be talked about more yeah and i know that for me um because not everybody experiences it and not everyone like we just haven't spent that much time getting everybody to even try to understand it uh it's you know people don't respond to mental health in the same way that we talk about uh physical health and it's it's kind of really weird when you think about it sometimes because you just uh and i'm going to use this metaphor a lot um i'm also an asthmatic and so like i'll talk about my particular mental health uh, situation but to me, they're, it's, they're pretty much the same thing. It's just like, hey, this mm-hmm. is a thing that happens with me. And it's a thing that can, that like, there's treatment. There's not really a cure. I manage it. You know, I can do plenty despite it. That makes people doubt that I have it. Like, you know, and it's just this whole thing where it's like, but if I tell somebody that I've got asthma, people are like, oh, okay. And they're like, all right, so clearly you're going to 
you know, there's a lot of responses they'll do that give me the benefit of the doubt in that case that they just won't give me in other cases. And it's like, yeah. well, you know, there are certain things that people will say in response to somebody dealing with a mental health situation or a response to themselves. It's like, well, you wouldn't say that if you were diagnosed with diabetes. Exactly. Like, uh, and it's, you know, so I, I think that that's a, a way to kind of change things. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, well, of course, like, we'll talk a little bit about what different things are like. Um, I know for me specifically, uh, depression is my big thing. I also deal with anxiety, but it's not nearly as bad as my depression. Um, and, uh, and so hopefully like some people will come away with an idea of like what that actually feels like for me, because nobody would guess that just from knowing me, uh, unless you've like seen me really struggling and been at a point where it's like, okay, I'm talking to you about this now. Um, Otherwise, people just wonder why, like, every once in a while, I'm kind of quiet. <laughs> and that's not really, you know, you can't tell just because somebody's an upbeat, happy person. Like, it's not really what that means. Um, uh, I guess, do you want to lead in? Because I know there's, of course, more things than just depression and anxiety. I don't know if there's a broader way that you kind of approach talking about what it is and what it feels like to people. I mean, yeah, definitely. So a lot of it's it can be feeling down. I mean, not necessarily, you could just be down. That's not necessarily depression, but it could be leading into it. You could be having just terrible, constant ruminating thoughts in your head. You just can't stop worrying. Um, you're can't get out of bed. You're feeling extremely high all the time. And then the next day you're feeling really low. You have fears and worries and that leads into PTSD, which just has all kinds of symptoms that can just be debilitating and keep you from being able to do everyday things. And some people have social withdrawal. People have strange thoughts. And then it can, you know, it gets even to the extremes of suicidal thoughts and it's hard to talk about it. And fortunately, I don't know about you, but that there's just tra more and more companies are training like what to do, what the signs are, what the symptoms are, how you can help people because it, it really is important. And I know, so you say um, you experience more depression and, but I'm the opposite. So I just have, I'm just a high functioning, anxious person. So I just, I mean, I thrive off of my anxiety, fortunately, but at some points, I mean, I can't, sometimes I have things going on and I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got this, that, like even today, like I'm not going to even, I'm not going to lie that I have <laughs> a work meeting this morning and I'm, yeah, I'm studying for the MCAT a couple hours a day, every day. And I'm like, okay, I got to go to this work meeting. All right. I have this amount of time and I, you know, organize my time by the hour and, here I am, I'm at work, and I'm like, okay, I need to get home, cook lunch. Okay, after lunch, I'm going to spend my time doing my studying, and then I'm going to have two hours to cook dinner. I'm like, okay, and then I need to get this done so I can be on time for Michael. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking all day long, like, constant, how am I going to get this done? And it's like the second something goes wrong and my, my schedule is off, I'm like, oh, man, I experienced that anxiety. I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Like, I have to calm myself down. And Fortunately, I've, I've been in therapy since I was 14 years old for a lot of different things, um, but most of it is for anxiety, and I can, I can stop myself. I can recognize it when I'm starting to spiral and my thoughts are just going nuts, and I can think, okay, it's going to be okay. I can do this. It doesn't have to go perfectly, Megan. Mm -hmm. Just one, you know, one hour at a time, you're going to make it there, and Fortunately, like I said, I just, 
those tools have helped me so much. And for some people who are experiencing that, they don't have those tools. So they spend all day long and they can't, they can't function. They start, you know, not being able to do day-to-day tasks. And that's when you really start seeing like a decline in mental health. And that's why you see disorders happening. And there's just, I mean, there's so much. There's everything, eating, sleeping, everything. So like building on that, um, again, you know, sort of going to my experience, but also sort of generalizing is um, one of the things that generally, if you're dealing with these things, it's important to remember it's not your fault. Or if you know somebody Mm -hmm. who's dealing with it, like it's not their fault. It's the the feelings are sort of out of their control in terms of where they originate from. Right. Uh, And it's much more in terms of like recognizing when they're going to come on, what situations in which they come on and sort of um, kind of getting to the point where you can recognize and anticipate and mm-hmm. then being able to to manage them, right? Uh, yeah. Rather than getting them to go away. So it's not, um, you know, dealing with depression is not the same as, you know, everybody has sort of been depressed or been really sad about something. And it's not really the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, both are important, of course. Like if you are, if something major has happened in your life and you're going through like a depressive period, like that's still important. Um, but there's like a direct cause there. And that's different mm-hmm. from when there's not really direct causes to like my depression. You know, people will ask what my, co- like, you know, well, why? is like, well, nothing. It's just life. Like, enough things happened yeah. where, so, like, right now I just can't handle the stack of things, right? And it's, you know, all the strategies I'm using now, like, they've helped me have, like, a sort of, you know, I can take, like, a, a larger and larger stack of things that sort of add certain types of tension, but... It's sort of my my capacity is always limited from where it would otherwise be if I didn't have this happening with me, right? Um, and it's kind of the same with uh, anxiety. It's like everybody's been anxious at some point about something, mm-hmm. right? But the thing is, like, if you're dealing with anxiety as an ongoing problem, like, a lot of it is you know you shouldn't be anxious about a given thing. Like, it, it, there's there are things that makes perfect sense to be anxious about, right? Um, but... But we've all, like, if anxiety becomes, like, a real problem, it's like, okay, well, you know, some of these things, like, yeah, I know this shouldn't, like, there's this shouldn't be a big deal to me, but it is, and I know it's adding to my stress, and I can't really find my way out of it uh, in the moment, Um, which, again, is why recognizing the patterns ahead of time and recognizing what's going to do it helps you avoid getting into kind of that worst-case situation and uh, having to somehow climb out of it or lean on others to help help you out of it. Um, at least that's kind of my read on it. I don't know if that reads as no, positive for, to you. Yeah, okay. no, for sure. I mean, once you can see those signs, like they're triggers and you realize it, you can, you can notice that before you start going, I mean, just completely downward spiraling. And then at, that's when it becomes, I mean, that's, like I said, the, the big difference, like you were saying between just someone being anxious, I got a test tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm anxious about it, but you know, that's a little bit different than someone who has like a general anxiety disorder. They, they're so anxious that it's interfering with their daily life and they're just, it messes up with their functioning. And there, there's, like you said, that it just happens. It's life. I mean, mental health, it could be biological, gene- which is genetic, and it can be from social settings. It can just be just the way you think and the negative thinking. Yeah. It's, you have to recognize those triggers and then you can stop it and then you can, you can bounce back. Yeah. Um, and so again, like going back to, uh, it's, I really lean on this a lot now to help people understand is like, I am an asthmatic. Here I am running, I mean, I'm running a marathon a month this year, right? Like mm-hmm. I run oh, these yeah. long distances and people are like, how do you do that? Um, but I've been an asthmatic my entire life and it's not 
not a problem. Like it always is. Like there's always a chance. Uh, even with medi- I mean, medications have made it so much better, mm-hmm. um, and I've got it with me. But even then, like probably once a year, I have like either the beginning of or a full-on asthma attack during a race. Most people never hear about it because, like, I've got the inhaler. I can, like, take the breather, use the inhaler, mm-hmm. kind of recover. But, you know, that medication is a lot better than what we have for mental health issues. Um, and uh, But at the same time, like, you know, well, people will ask, well, well, what triggered it? It's like, well, you know, in this particular case, running did, but I also will randomly have, at, like, an asthma attack in the middle of the night for no apparent reason at times because, yeah. like, some cumulative things in life, maybe there was, like, a minor allergen earlier in the day and then some stress I had at some other point in the day and then I'm sleeping in the slightly wrong position and, like, a whole bunch of things that individually wouldn't have triggered something, like, an asthma attack just coincided and caused a you know caused sort of a problem and to me like that's kind of how my depression and anxiety mm-hmm. work like i can basically never point to one thing that has set me off this time it's more of like just accumulation because like any of the individual things i'm dealing with i could handle fine if not for everything happening at once um, yeah but but that everything that i'm happening at once tends to be like a lower capacity than it might be for other people um, yeah, exactly. And like you said, you're, I mean, you're managing it. And I think that's a great metaphor. I mean, you're managing your asthma, just like you would manage your mental health. But sometimes, even though you're managing it, and you're doing self care, or you're taking your medicine, or you're doing your inhaler, I mean, mm-hmm. it still can come whether you're managing it perfectly, managing it a little bit, it's it still comes and it's, you have to deal with it the same way. Yeah. And, and again, too, like, the running does help my asthma too. Like it has increased Mm -hmm. my capacity. It doesn't change the fact that my capacity would be even greater if not for the asthma, right? And so there's a lot of things that I do in my daily life that like to manage it and kind of like work on things and work on how I think about things that again, it sort of extends my ability to to kind of stave off the worst of my depression and so on, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. result, it doesn't solve the problem. This problem is not gone, you know? So... Uh, so yeah, so um, I want to kind of like next we can sort of go into little things that we all know people, if you deal with mental health issues, you know people who are really well-meaning um, who try to help you. And if you don't deal with mental health issues, there are people you want to help who like, you know, uh, presumably there's probably people out there who you want to help who, you know, are dealing with these things. And yeah, um, well-meaning doesn't mean helpful. Like, so I, I kind of want to like arm people a little bit with sort of an understanding of in what situations... Um, you maybe shouldn't do the thing that instinctively feels like it would help uh, because exactly. it's not helping in the way that you think it is. Um, do you have any kind of particular favorite examples or things that you identify? Yeah, I mean, this is for me. I, and I'm just because I'm, like I said, I just try to advocate for mental health like in my own life so much because I deal with it so much with my fiance and with my friends and my family. You know, I personally, I talk to them and I say, you know, this is what works for me. Um, I'm Sometimes I'm not looking for a solution. Sometimes I am and I'll let you know, but sometimes I just need to talk. I need to talk it out. I need to get it out. I need to get my thoughts out in like a, a straight line. And I just need you to listen. I need you to I need to feel, I need you to hold space for me. I mean, that's what we call it really is just someone being there holding that space for me and just saying, you know, I I don't need you to say I'm sorry. I don't need you to say like, it's okay. There's nothing to be sorry about. Just this, this is what's going on. I need to vent sometimes. And then sometimes I'm like, I need some help. I need you to 
give me some solutions. What do you think about this? What I need a third person view and to give me an idea of like, how are we going to fix this? Because for like just recently, I, you know, a couple years ago, I was in such a terrible, terrible, toxic, abusive relationship. And finally, I was able to get out of it. And it was really bad. And it just, it, I mean, it wrecked me. And I didn't realize it at the time because I was had such high walls built up to get me out of this situation that was really like life or death. And, you know, a couple of years later, and it's been years later, and I've moved to Tennessee, and, you know, I live with my fiance now, and all of a sudden, I'm not sleeping, and I'm looking over my shoulder, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is going on? And... I, I didn't realize what was happening, but I had PTSD and I had, mm-hmm. I had, you know, compressed it so far down that I was like, okay, and I finally get a good place. I have a good job here. We um, just moved into a great house. We have a great neighborhood. Um, my relationship's going well. My friendships are going well. Family's healthy. And then all of a sudden my body was like, okay, you know, you're not in fight or flight anymore. Guess what? We're going to do this. And I'm having nightmares. I mean, it was wild. And I work in this. And I'm like, I can't believe this is, this is happening to me. And I sat, you know, I sat my fiance down and I said, what are we going to do? I said, I, I, I can't function. I'm at work. I'm shaking. I'm getting in the front seat with a male coworker and I'm frozen. You know, I'm shaking. I don't know what to do. I, I have to get out of the car. And, you know, I sat down and I said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't want you to listen to me. I need you. I need, I need you to help me now. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I had to go back in therapy. I'd been out of therapy. I thought everything was going great. And I had to go back and do some trauma therapy. And that, that's what works for me. And so essentially what I'm trying to say is you have to figure out what works for you and then what works for those people that you're noticing are having these issues, whether, you know, they come to you or not, there's, you know, but always remember you have to keep their boundary. So someone comes to you and it's like, Hey man, like I'm having a hard time. Like, listen to them, ask them what they need, you know, what's going to work best for them. Do you want some advice? Do you just want someone to be here? Do you want to, you know, go you know, I don't know, shopping or do something, take your mind off it. I think just the most important thing when you're trying to figure out what helps and what doesn't help is ask them what, you know, what do you need right now? What do you need from me? Like, what can I do? Because sometimes people and, you know, they're, they're kind and they're trying to extend grace and they're like, you know, want to give people hugs or they start, you know, asking all these details. (laughs) And I mean, that's just like a trigger for some people, especially someone who has PTSD, like their boundaries. I mean, you come within, you know, normal person has, you know, three square feet of boundaries around them, but someone who's experienced trauma in their life has a five foot square foot range of boundaries. And if you, you come in those, they're instantly in fight or flight and there's, there's no helping them now. They're, they're in protection mode. So you just, you have to ask and see what works best for you and then make yourself available. Like, don't always just say, oh, I'm here for you. What can I do for you? What What can I do right now? Not next week when I'm a little less busy. What can I do for you right now that'll help you get through to the next, to the next thing? So, but like, I, yeah, for me, I just, I ask people like, what do they want? So, um, so from my perspective, I mean, I, I, all of that rings true with me. Um, from my perspective, I can think about, so I have a, a wonderful support system, like countless friends, family, even mm-hmm. coworkers who get it. So if I need something, all I have to do is say so. Um, and 
but the single best thing for me, uh, like you said, is understand it, you know, spend mm-hmm. the time to understand it. Um, so if you deal with one of these things, like you're going to have times that are worse than others. Um, and I know that when you're having a better time, uh, sometimes you don't want to think about <laughs> the rough patches, mm-hmm. but honestly, that's the best time to kind of think to prepare yourself mentally, right? To like mm-hmm. be like, okay, process well, like, it. What, yeah, process like what what led to me? Like what did what did I start doing before I got to that point where I like couldn't function? What are the warning signs? You know, because um, if you start to understand it, you can kind of articulate that to, to the people around you. Um, for the people around you, so like um, I, my parents have been great about it, but it took them a good like eight years since my diagnosis like of depression to like really process some of the things I was telling them, and it and. It took me understanding, like, they would go and they would try to help, and they didn't understand how, like, what they were doing was making me more stressed out. Um, so they would say, um, you know, I'd go and I would just talk about, like, you know, instead of me saying I'm having a hard time, like, I would start withdrawing, and then they would just start telling me that what I was doing didn't make sense. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, I promise I know more than you do that this doesn't <laughs> make sense. <laughs> like, that is not, like, you telling me that what I'm doing is wrong is only making me feel guilty about this yeah. thing that I'm not in control of. And it's like, I know they didn't mean it, so I wasn't going to, like, fight them over it because they did not meaning to do something bad, yeah. right? Like, they're not, like, it's, but at the same time, like, I'm stuck in this place. So I was like, well, I'm stuck. Like, either I tell them to stop doing it and I'm so stressed out that I can't communicate it well right now, or I just don't say anything and let them keep doing, saying this thing that they don't realize is hurting me, you know? And it's so, uh, thankfully, like, after a few years, I realized, oh, okay, let me walk them through, hey, when I'm feeling this, you have all, you've both definitely noticed that I respond in this way, Right. Like, mm-hmm. I, by the time I'm doing that, I'm already so far gone that I've gone down this whole thought process that you're starting, and all you're doing is making me revisit it <laughs> when I'm having a hard time. And so once I, like, explain that to them, I'm like, oh, okay, so that doesn't help. What does? And it's like, well, the best thing you can do for me is if you notice I'm doing these things, like, I have talked to you about here's what I know I do. If you start to notice that, for me at least, it's just, just you know... I, you can, you know, ask if you can help, but don't be insistent, right? Like, mm-hmm. because if you're insistent about it, then it sounds, it's almost like, um, even forced. if I know you don't, yeah, it's, it's being forced. And even if you don't mean it this way, then I think, well, if I don't feel up to taking you up on the offer, now I'm letting you down. Again, mm-hmm. it's not a logical thing, but this is, this whole thing is not a logical process, right? So, yeah. So it's, it's sort of kind of arming them with the fact that like, hey, look, in this situation, all I need to know is you care, that you're available. If you ask if you can do something and I can't think of something, great. If you have a very specific thing that like is maybe I haven't thought of, offer once and then just leave it at that. Like, okay, well, you know, if you think of something, I'm here. And then I know, and that's it. And I might not take you up in your, uh, on your offer and you've got to be okay with that, right? Like you just have to be okay with the fact that like it's, it's only going to work if I willingly ask for your help um, and like, or like come to you because otherwise I'm going to feel like I'm going to somehow talk myself into thinking that I am a burden on you or some other thing. Like if I haven't made the decision that like, okay, I believe them that they are open to this, that it's not a big deal, big deal to them that, and like, yeah, I do need this. Um, and that's kind of when things have been most helpful. Like one of the mo- the biggest things that have ever helped for me was, um, so I'm on medication for my depression now and I wasn't mm-hmm. for a long stretch and then things just got especially bad, which I found out after the fact that like a lot of men around the age of 30 or so, like if it's been an issue, it just gets worse around them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure why. There maybe there's a biological component. I don't know, but um, but I was dealing with that, and uh, and I was just like kind of crippled to the point where it's like I had been like I know I need to do the doctor, but like I was not doing the call, and so yeah. my parents mentioned they're like, well, you know, if there's anything we can do, and kind of just throughout there like we can call the doctor and make an appointment. We can do whatever, but it's okay if there's nothing. We're here when you need us. And they left it at that. And then like the next day I was like, you know what? It would help if you called the doctor for me. <laughs> and it was yeah. just like a really simple thing. And they did. And I had no problem going to the doctor. I just couldn't get myself to pick up the phone. Right. And it's like, it seems like a really silly thing, but that's the, but if you have to remember, if you want, if you have somebody in your life that you want to help, like little things feel like gigantic, like obstacles that they can't overcome. And so something that feels to you, like just a tiny thing that you're asking of them it might just seem like the biggest hurdle to them. And like, it doesn't matter that that doesn't make sense. Right. Like it's still Uh what it is to them. Um, so, uh, so I'm big on like telling people, make sure you're offering, not demanding and that it can't be, and try to do anything you can to make sure it's not coming across as a demand or something you need from them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like make sure it's not coming across to them that you need to help more that you're just available to help and happy to, if they want to take you up on it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm agree. I agree with everything because it. I mean, it is so hard, especially as adults. And I mean, I can't speak. I'm not a man, but I mean, for men to simply ask for help, for anybody to ask for help, it is, it is so hard. So you have to recognize when someone's asking for your help. Imagine the journey it took for them to finally to say that to say I need help because people they think you're defeated when you. If I were to say I. I need help. Like sometimes I might think, wow, you know, I failed. I can't do this, but it it really isn't. You're actually doing something so much better for yourself. Like you're succeeding. You, you're taking a step toward, Mm -hmm. toward your recovery and it's people have to, you know, just acknowledge that. And you said something about being a burden and that is so true because when you're, you're going to your friends and you're like, you know, let's say I'm having, I'm super anxious and I call my best friend. And I'm saying, you know, hey, can I talk to you, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going on and on. And I say, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like a burden. You know, if your friend says that to you, just, just be there and say, you know what? You're not being a burden. This, this is what friends are for. Like it's to know someone's there for you and that you're trying to understand them. That, I mean, that's the 80% of it is that they are trying to understand and, they're not just saying to you, oh, calm, calm down, because that's the worst. I mean, <laughs> when has that ever been a good thing to say in anything? You just, you know, like, when is, when has anybody ever calmed down when someone says, calm down? Like, you're, you're not going to calm down. You're just going to, it's going to heighten you. You're just going to, it's, it's not good. So that's, uh, that's one thing, you know, try to avoid that. Calm down. It's, it's all going to be okay. Don't brush it off. You know, d- don't, it, it's not going to all be okay. You know, right now it sucks. It might suck for a little bit more, but let's work together or hear me out and help me find my path to, for it not to suck. I mean, nobody calms yeah. down. Uh, and I will say that, like, really, honestly, the best thing you can do to help somebody is just make sure, sh- is, like, let them know you're available, even mm-hmm. if they'll never take you up on it. Um, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I've talked about, I have a great support system. There are, at this point, I mean, it's been years and I've had the support system for years. So there are, like, lots of friends I've talked to at some point or another, but... I mean, there are friends I've, they're aware that this is a thing. And like, maybe I've talked about it in like an intellectual capacity, but I've never come to them with when Mm -hmm. I'm like really struggling. But just the fact that like, at some point they've been like, hey, well, you know, 
if for whatever reason you need somebody to talk to and you know like i i'm around if you decide to take me up on it like the fact that they exist and i know mm -hmm. that's true that helps even if i haven't ever and might never talk like take them up on it just like knowing that people are there and so you might feel like you're not helping someone but you still are just by them knowing that you that they could come to you right um right. and that helps so so um, when yeah. i'm gonna kind of say less when when you know the first time you ever asked you know you ever told someone you approached somebody i mean that was hard right yeah. you said you had to tell someone i'm depressed or you had to bring up you know the word mental health or depression or anxiety i mean it's it's hard because you know you and i it's not, we have really good support systems we've got friends coworkers, families and so we've built it up over the past couple of years but what about that person that doesn't have that mm -hmm. i mean they've never told anybody they're depressed they've never told anybody they're anxious or um they're having an eating disorder right now or they're having suicidal thoughts i mean it's hard to take that step and you know what I always tell people is just they've probably been through the same things you've going through in some kind of capacity or they know somebody that has. So just ask, just just reach out to that person and say, hey, this is what's going on. And at least someone now, now you have someone to talk about it with. And it's hard that first person, but it'll get easier after that. Yeah. So um, I mean, we've already started kind of like we've sort of segued into things that do help, like understanding, talking to people. And I want to kind of focus in more on that because of course, a big part of why we're talking about this on this podcast is that, you know, we do think that running an exercise is a part of a, mm -hmm. is one possible way to like, to help. It's not, you know, a cure, but it, it can contribute to positive, uh, kind of to positive change and to uh, just really like changing your life for the better if you're dealing with these things. Um, but uh, so beyond just, you know, talking to people and kind of understanding your situation better, do you have any other sort of mental strategies for approaching things? Or do you want to get into kind of the exercise and running and other stuff like that? Well, I mean, I mean, this, this could be used while running, but there are some mental strategies. I mean, a lot of people are just, I mean, have you ever been at sleeping in your bed and it's, you know, midnight and you have to be up at work for work at 6am and you're just sitting there and your thoughts are just racing mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, I'm thinking of everything. Where were these thoughts six hours ago when I was watching TV? I mean, there's, you have to, I don't. I get nervous when I tell people this. It's like you have to you have to train your brain. I mean, it's like training your body. Like you have to train your brain and there's techniques and you learn this through therapy and um one thing in particular like it's called cognitive behavioral therapy and it it's a way to redirect those thoughts and change that negative talk you have to more positive talk. And yeah. I, that it's so important because a lot of the time when people are struggling with mental with mental health or mental illness, I mean, just the negative talk that goes through us, the scenarios we make up in our heads that aren't even real. I mean, we're making up, have you, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I know I do it. I make up scenarios of conversations that I'm about to have and I'm going oh, yeah. through all the possibilities. I'm like, well, if he says this and I'm going to say this and then this is going to happen and then I, all of a sudden I start feeling and I'm like, oh, like now I'm angry, like for absolutely no reason. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch watching Vampire Diaries and all of a sudden I'm having a full-blown fight in my head. I'm like, Okay, Megan. That's calm. like my entire life since I was about nine. So yeah. I, yes. I mean, who <laughs> every major conversation do it? planned out in advance. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there, so there's one thing um, I do want to emphasize because we're talking about things that you can do for yourself and ways to help yourself. And again, like, just like it's not your fault that you're dealing with these things, uh -huh. like 
you shouldn't feel bad about it if you're struggling to help yourself in these ways, right? Like, mm-hmm. these are difficult things. And so I, I want to use more positive language about it. It's like, these are ways you can help yourself with difficulty, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's challenging to do, but I'm trying to be encouraging in that, like, you you do actually, like, the ability exists to do this, right? It's not, uh, you're not doing something wrong if you don't do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a situation that sucks, uh, but... Um, but it's like, so you shouldn't beat yourself up over it if you haven't done this up until now or if you keep trying and it's not quite working. Like some people, some people's situation, like even just your mental health situation is hard, is tougher than other people's, right? Like, so it's yeah. not fair to compare yourself to somebody else who seems to be functioning really well. Um, oh, like, abso- yeah, absolutely yeah, like, not. Like, mm-hmm. Don't do any of that. Like it, it, this is more just like, again, I'm trying to talk about this in like a positive way. It's like these are th- ways that you can help yourself. And like, I promise even if you can't solve the problem, even if you can't make things great, it can be better than mm-hmm. it has been. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so I, I think for me, reminding yourself that like, you know what, I'm having a bad day and I'm just having a bad day is like, yeah. that happens, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. you have to forgive yourself and allow yourself to have bad days, you know? Because um, it's not a shortcoming on your fault. It's just the way it is, you know? Um, as I say this a lot. It's like running. You know, people go and people will beat themselves up when they're sticking to a running training pr- plan. And you got in a long run and they're like, man, I just, I was supposed to do 15 and I was just dead at eight for some reason. It's like, you know what? You just had a bad day. It's fine. Adjust your training plan. Do the 15 another day. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm the same way. I, I call it, you know, I extend grace to myself and you know, that's, that's something you can just do on every day, running or not. I mean, you start yeah. thinking, like you just said, oh, I'm supposed to do 15 miles. You know, recognize that and say, oh, you know what? I'm strong. My legs just put me through 13 miles. Like, wow, that was great. That's good. You know, I'll run more tomorrow. I mean, there's little things like that, just changing that negative self-talk. It's it's yeah. so important. And it, um, it makes a big impact. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, there are times and – Again, like through strategies and so on, my depression is like much more manageable now. But there's still days where like I'll go and I'll have a whole Saturday ahead of me. And it's like I can't do anything today. Like I just mm-hmm. I just yeah. need to let myself be. And you know what? And, and in, instead of historically what I would have done is beat myself up all day for not getting to mm-hmm. the things I intended to do. Instead, today's like, you know what? OK, the fact that I got up and I am choosing to rest is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's, that's what like, your body needed. And it's like I chose to rest today. So that tomorrow, you know, I will have like, and, and now it's like, okay, well, if I decide that early in the day, it's like, you know what? It's a choice to rest. I am now, I'm making this choice for myself and my well-being, And so I'm not going to beat myself up over this stuff. And I will figure out tomorrow how I'm going to kind of re like reschedule all the stuff I was hoping to do. Yeah. And I'll get to it eventually. Like, it's fine. Um, and I think that, that it's kind of, you know, making the decision that you need to make for yourself in the moment and then just kind of giving yourself credit for making that decision and letting everything else kind of take the back seat is is worth a lot uh, to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Um, so let's talk about kind of how, you know, exercise and running plays into things. Um, and again, I do want to say, like, I know for me, it's a factor, but it's not like, it's not a, a cure at all. Like, it's just, it's a thing that helps. So, um, it, yeah, it, it helps manage it, right? Yeah. It, it helps bring it down in intensity level for sure. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I guess for you, how does it help? And how have you, I, I, we could talk about academically speaking, you know, what are, what are benefits and so on. So, I'll have, let you take the lead on this. Yeah. So, like, a lot of, as far as me, 
like I said, I'm just an anxious person. I'm high functioning anxiety. Like that's just who I am. And I have those ruminating thoughts and some of these thoughts, they, you know, they can be intrusive. But to me, I think about it and I go run. I'm like, all right, I'm going to channel these, these thoughts and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to run. So I'm going to get some kind of benefit of these thoughts that I'm having instead of just sitting on the couch and just going in this constant loop of spiraling down of thoughts that are never going to end. I get out there and run and I, it makes it so much more manageable. I mean, it's, it, it takes them, my thoughts down to an intensity level that I, I, like I just, I always use the word manage. I don't even know a different word to say instead of manageable, but it, that really is what it is. It, instead of those, word for it. it's a good word. Because a lot of it, it's managing it. It's it's not going to cure it, like you said. But instead of just sitting there and just ruminating all day long, I'm out there running, and the thoughts they come and go instead of being on a continuous loop. And for that, that that for me just it reduces my anxiety. It calms me down, and I can really start thinking. I mean, more deeply instead of just so superficial about just scenarios I'm making up in my head. Instead, I start thinking about stuff, and it's and it's so important just for those kind of thoughts just to channel them in a healthy manner get out there and run get out there and walk it'll it'll make a huge difference but um running in general I mean just a ton of things it's there's studies that have shown that it can alter your brain structure it can alter your frontal cortex and that has to do with decision making but it can also create new neurons in your brain it can generate different pathways and that's been shown to fight aging and it helps with learning and memory storage that's I don't know if anybody's ever heard this or if you've heard of this but they always say you know before class or before you go do something like you need to remember something go take a run go exercise because it it will boost your learning and your memory storage um and when you're I mean when you're running you can utilize any strategies like whether you're in therapy or you read about these things you want to put them to work like running that's a healthy way to do these things you can go on a run and work on some dbt skills work on some cognitive behavioral therapy skills to redirect these thoughts you know we just talked about running 15 miles i'm such you know i'm terrible etc changing those thoughts you know i'm i need to slow down right now i'm so weak i know i've said that a couple of times like why am i slowing down like i'm so out of shape like wait a second no like i'm my legs are strong they've carried me this far these legs you know they've cared i've seen so many people say this these legs have carried me to finish lines i'm not worrying about my time i have crossed so many run disney finish lines that you know i'm strong redirect those thoughts while you're running and that's it running is just a great place to practice those and a lot of people I'm sure you've you're familiar with this uh, you know that research shows that it's linked to increasing serotonin levels naturally and that's mm-hmm. what a lot of um, anxiety medication depression medication I mean that's regenerating or supplying your brain with serotonin levels but running has been linked to doing it naturally and I think that's a huge benefit and when people typically associate, you know, running helps with anxiety and depression. That's what they're thinking about. It's just the serotonin levels increasing. But a lot of the time, you know, we always read that, you know, running, how many times have you seen an arc like runner's world? Running's been shown to decrease anxiety and depression, but you're like, okay, but how? So something we talk about at onsite where I work is like fight or flight because but we deal with a lot of trauma clients and your body, when you've experienced trauma or anything kind of situation, I mean, trauma is so it's, it could be anything. Um, 
your body goes into fight or flight and your heart rate's increasing, you're sweating. And so your body associates those those traumatic experiences with increased heart rate, sweating. Well, those are the same things that are occurring when we run. So when we run and we exercise, our, our body starts associating those side effects to running and safety. I mean, when you're running, you're safe. Um, your body, so yeah, your body begins to associate that with running and then your fight or flight responses, they start going down. You start like anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Um, you, you feel your body, you know, sometimes you're starting to have a panic attack. Your heart just starts beating out of your chest. You, you know, you have a hard time talking. Sometimes somehow your body, it just, it recognizes, oh, well, this happens while I'm running too. I'm safe. I'm, I'm safe right now. I'm sitting in my house. I'm safe. And somehow your body just recognizes that. And so it decreases that that fear response. And you're less likely to panic. And you're less likely to spiral into panic attacks. And, you know, just simply because your body associates the same things that you're used to with panic and fight or flight, you're associating it to running. So over time, it can have a huge benefit for just decreasing that in general and helping with anxiety and depression as a result. Um, So, I mean, I obviously agree with all of that. I've read some of it, not all of it. I did not know about the like, hey, you should go run before something you want to learn. That's really cool. Um, That's extra motivation for me to start running in the morning instead of the evening. (laughs) Um, But but I actually, so for me, there's an also a I guess purely a mental component in terms of like how I think. Um, so I'm going to describe a little bit about myself that, and you know, this will sound like a great recipe for success. Um, so uh, <laughs> the same way that a lot of people don't know that I am, uh, like that I deal with depression and anxiety and so on, just because of like my personality and I'm outgoing and I'm upbeat uh, and so on. And I mean, obviously those two things are not mutually exclusive, right? Um, people also always uh, peg me as an extrovert because I'll be like the first t- person out. I mean, I run in these costumes and like I'm a total ham for the camera. Like I go, yeah. to, parties, <laughs> I go to parties like I- I'm known for like weddings and my office holiday parties for being like the first person on the dance floor. And I will go constantly and I'll get comments afterwards about, you know, things like... I think people are being a little bit overzealous, but people have come to me afterwards and be like, hey, have you thought about going into entertainment because you got everybody going? Like, it's the kind of thing is like, I mean, I love doing that, but I'm totally an introvert. And there's a part mm-hmm. of me that's freaking out all the time. And mm-hmm. like anytime I'm doing any of those things, um, I do like attention. I'm fully aware of that. But I really like other people enjoying themselves more, which is how mm-hmm. I got to start defaulting into this behavior. But in terms of where my energy comes from, it doesn't matter how much I'm enjoying myself. I'm getting more and more tired as long as I'm around other people. Like that's yeah. just the way it is. So I recover energy by being at home mm-hmm. at, by myself. But I also deal with depression. And when I'm by myself, that's the perfect opportunity to start talking unfairly to myself about the fact that I'm not being productive. I'm not doing anything. Like, you're, like you know, if I'm going and I'm resting, it's like, well, why aren't you doing something worthwhile right now? Why aren't you doing like X, Y, and Z things with these other people? Because they want to meet you and you're not making time for them. Why aren't you? And it's, it's really easy for me to like kind of fall into that trap. Um, mm-hmm. And so running is a great, has been an amazing opportunity for me to get the alone time I need, that yeah. like mental restoration. But also, clearly, I'm doing something. Like it's it's hard. It's much easier for me to avoid falling into that trap of being like, well, you're not doing anything worthwhile right now, uh, you know. And um, and so that's just a great outlet from that respect. Like if you are an introvert who also deals with depression, and you realize how like you have to be alone sometimes to recover your mental energy, but also being alone and like in the dark at home is a great way for your depression to kind of prey on you. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great way to kind of 
you know, to get one without the other um, mm-hmm. or with less opportunity for the other. Um, so, so yeah, that's, I, I mean, for me, that has worked really well in that respect. Um, again, not a cure, like the, like my kind of recent-ish bout a few years ago where I started to get on medication again happened after I was a marathon runner. But that doesn't mean that up until that point, I hadn't also noticed an improvement and yeah. kind of the whens and hows of things. And since then, I also notice. Um, uh, and we can also talk about, so that actually leads into some of like why this podcast hasn't come out in the last couple of months. And um, how how I have been kind to myself uh, in certain instances is historically, if like I stopped doing a thing that I wanted to do because I was dealing with, you know, depression and other issues, like I would just, it would get worse and worse and worse and sort of spiral. Um, so people who've been listening to this know that I've been dealing with sort of like an on and off leg thing, like an injury of some kind since March. I finally figured out that it was a tear in my quad. Um, and the problem is I was also doing you know, a marathon a month, which means that I would rest some and it would start to get better, but I'm still doing a marathon at some point in this four week span, right? So it was very much, I was slowing down the decrease in, or the slowing down the healing process immensely. At the same time, I'm running less and less, so I'm losing a lot of my fitness. So I'm feeling worse and worse about kind of my state of fitness. And every time I start to feel optimistic about my leg, I go out and I might feel good for one run or two, and then the leg starts to give out again, and it turns out it's not up to it. And so that has been not great. Like that has kind of spiraled with my depression because I'm also not getting the opportunity to run as much, which helps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been feeding in a like a what's the uh, it's it's sort of been like a spiral of sorts. Um, I've still been doing the marathoning and stuff, but then. Um, you know, part of why I, when I picked the podcast back up earlier this year, I decided I would basically do monthly and occasionally if I feel up to doing like a bonus episode, I would do that is because I don't want this to become a burden of any kind, right? Like this needs to be something I'm enjoying and it is a thing I enjoy. Um, and so I told myself, I was like, look, if my head's not in it, I'm not going to make myself do the podcast because Mm -hmm. like, I don't want it to be an added source of stress when I'm, when I, I know that right now I can manage to do my job well without you know, like at work and I love my job at work, which thank you know, is great. Uh, but it's like, I can manage to do my job. Well, I can manage to keep monitoring my leg and keep doing this marathon a month thing without it getting too bad. But if I keep trying to push myself to other things where I just don't have the mental energy to, I'm going to start feeling bad about it. So I just told myself, you know what? No podcast episodes until I feel like I'm coming out the other side, um, both physically and mentally. Um, so as a result, I've had my last three marathons have been my three slowest marathons to date. Um, I had my first over five hour marathon. So like my fastest and slowest marathons have been this year and they're over two hours apart and finish mm-hmm. times. Um, but because I kind of forgave myself in, ahead of time and I sort of knew I managed to have fun at both, you know, and so yeah. that's great. Um, and that it's is. sort of preparing myself and like forgiving myself in advance for this thing where it's like, I'm not going to meet my normal expectations. It's fine. Um, that doesn't mean I still don't feel a little bit bad about it, <laughs> but, uh, and I guess the way I tried to positively spin it is like, is like, okay, great. Now I have marathons with leading threes, fours, and five. So I just need to get that leading two and I've got, I've got yeah. the four leading digits covered. Uh, but, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's just like just finding ways to kind of spin that for the better, but this has been kind of the first time that I've felt better about it. Um, Last uh, this this past weekend in Nebraska, I ran my marathon. And it was the first time I finally like improved some. Um, it's still my second slowest marathon, and still would have been by a little bit um, if not for the fact that it, serendipitously I ran into a friend of mine um, who I only made at the previous marathon, which is my slowest. Um, he and I started off running together. Uh, it was just brutally hot, and we 
discovered we were both doing a marathon a month and he happened to sign up after we uh, left he happened to sign up for the same marathon i was doing this past month completely different states and so on and we found each other two minutes before the end, uh, beginning of the race he's like oh hey and so he took off <laughs> and then i found him like uh and it was great and so i pretty early i was like i can't do this pace that you're doing right now um and i backed off uh and this is like kind of where i'm coming out of things like mm-hmm. i finally sort of had an idea of where my body was at uh, and didn't push too hard. And so I knew when to back off pretty early. And I actually found him, it was an evening race and I actually found him like in the dark laid down throwing up. And so, so it was a bad, it was pretty bad. And we were both like really thankful that we happened to know each other. And I came with like my light up vest and I just stopped and walked the last, I don't know, it was like four and a half miles maybe. Um, and I was like, you know, that's fine. Like I'm here. It's the first time I've ever finished a marathon with somebody, uh, which is a positive thing. Um, and, uh, and I was just really glad I could be there for a friend and like have him at least feel safe, you know, for the, for the last few miles. Um, and the way that he put it, he's like, I don't think I would have finished. I don't know what I would have done cause I wasn't near an aid station, but I'm yeah. not sure I would have finished. And, um, so anyways, like coming out of that, like I, I was pretty confident I would feel better after the weekend. I was pretty confident my leg would feel up to it. I also knew to like not push and how to take things easier. And now I'm kind of like, I'm definitely still dealing with some of the fact that like I'm in the worst shape I've been in since I started marathoning, like since I started marathon training four years ago, like it's uh, like the, you know, I think at this time I was a couple months out, November 1st would have been my first marathon in 2015. And at this point, I definitely could have run a marathon faster than I just did this past weekend, right? But um, but that's okay. Like, now that is, I'm pretty yeah. sure my leg is through it, and mentally, I've kind of on the upswing. It's like I'm not – I chose not to push myself too hard at any point and just, you know, as you said, give myself grace at each step of the way. And so here I am, and we're talking, and I'm happy to be doing it. And it's like a load off rather than something that I felt like I had to force myself through. Yeah, and you're, yeah, exactly. You don't want to feel like this is like a complete burden. This, yeah, because you've want, we've wanted to do this for a little bit. So I'm glad you're in a good headspace to do it right now. Yeah, and I, I knew, thankfully, like this was part of. We had talked about this way back in maybe March the first time, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was it was close to uh, Star Wars weekend. Yeah, uh, and I just so happened to have like a bunch of other people lined up for very specific races. And mm-hmm. I was like, and we tried and couldn't make it work. And so I was like, okay, we'll get to it later. And then I wanted to talk to you. And then this time it's like, okay, well, I've been dealing with all this stuff. And I knew that you wanted to talk about mental health. It's like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for us to sit yeah. and chat. Um, cool. Um, do you have anything to add about this section i mean i'm sure you and i could talk forever about mental health but oh for (laughs) sure but well i have one thing just because you get saying you know you run for you know self for self-help for alone time but i also think it's important because sometimes i like to run with uh i ran with someone we both know that's in our hogwarts running club i normally race alone i'm competitive i don't want to feel like i'm slowing someone down i don't want to be slowed down by somebody um and you know what i i really needed someone to run with and i ended up running with um caitlin for the wine and dine 10k and i i told her i was like hey like i just ran marine that was when i ran the marine corps marathon the week before and i was like I'm tired. Like, <laughs> let, how, how do you feel about run walking this 10K? Like, let's let's do it. I mean, it was great. Like, being able to run with someone, it was, that's what I needed. And that's typically not what I needed. And I think sometimes you want to run alone and have that me time. But it's also great because that's when you can socialize with, with people you, you normally want to be 
getting that socialization if you're just sitting in your house, you know, playing video games or something. But I think it's also important because it gets you out of the house and you can always find a running buddy. I mean, so I tell people, and I'll probably mention this on Instagram eventually, but like, you know, my Instagram name and the name of the show, it's Run the Small World. But like, I never really intended that to just be me. Like, uh, it comes from a few different things. Like, it's kind of a multi-layered thing where, you know, Disney, you have like, it's a small world and I'm running in Disney and that's one thing. But also like, to me, the single best thing about running is the community and how the world, like I'm running and the world is becoming smaller as I do so. Like I know people who live on multiple continents through running. We are real friends. Like I I made a friend in Disney through running who then when I went to Europe and ran, we met and ran races, right? Like that's, that's really significant to me. Like I know people all over the place and I, now I'll go and I'll run in one place and somebody will be talking to me. And it turns out that, you know, I know one of their friends through completely different set of races in a different place. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, uh, and to me, like, that's a big, a big deal. It's like making the world feel smaller and friendlier and so on. And so yeah. for me, like, you know, I throw on my posts, like the, you know, hashtag run the small world. But for me, like, that's meant to be a thing for other people too, is like, you know, you can run the small world with me. Like we're making the world yeah. smaller. We're traveling the world, but we're also just, you know, we're together, we're making the world smaller through running because it's a big community building thing. And that is great for my mental health. (laughs) Um, Yeah, exactly. There's no way I would be sticking to this if not. There's no way I'd be doing this costume thing if not for like the fact that other people enjoy it and it helps me make friends. And other people who like, you know, people who have followed me on Instagram and I've become friends with each of them and then they've met at races because of that. Like it's, you know, you're plugging people together mm -hmm. and that's great. Um, It trickles down. Yeah. And I definitely would not be doing it if not for that. so, uh, yeah, so that's, it's just like a, it's all, all works together and it's just, you know, running in and of itself is just, it's not just running. Like I, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I would find something else to do if it was just about solitary achievement. Um, so yeah. Um, any other thoughts or additions? No, not that cool. I can think of. Um, all right. Well then what are you looking forward to? Oh, I am. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Marathon Weekend because I took last year, I did all the Run Disney races. And one, of course, it's expensive, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it was time consuming. I mean, I was running constantly and I was like, you know what? 2019, I'm taking a break. I haven't ran a single race this year. And it, I've I've learned to read re-enjoy running just just running because I'm not training I'm just running if I want to stop I stop if I want to go longer I go longer if I want to walk I just I just walk so I'm really looking forward to run Disney because I just started um training for dopey and it's my first year doing dopey and I'm super excited and um the Walt Disney right World I know I'm so excited um my costumes won't be as cool, but I'm still pretty <laughs> excited about my tutus. Um, I'm still working on my uh, on my wine and dine stuff right now. So, oh yeah, do we get to know? Do you want to drop a hint of anything? I mean, just still leave it as a surprise. There, some of them are surprises. So, like you know, you'll you'll get each time we get things, and we know the themes right now, and even the medals yeah. for the 5K, 10K, half, and challenge. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not matching the 10K. I am okay. doing so the five and a half I am the 10k I'm not matching um but I am doing stuff with people to do the 
the half marathon or the excuse me the challenge um, mm-hmm. theme. So people can look at what those are. I'm gonna you got to oh, do some cool. work yourself. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, if you want to get an idea, um, so that's what I'm gonna do. I'm trying to make them as elaborate as ever, uh, just because I keep ratcheting these things up. And it's like, well, you know, how can I match the fact that last year I ran the wine and dine half marathon in a suit? You know, as as, yeah. as Walt Disney. It's like, okay, I've I've got some ideas on making this as cumbersome about because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, really, that's what we I can't forget find. Rapunzel. We, we yeah. can never forget the Rapunzel finish line, that's, hair flowing. It's got to be one of the best race photos I'm ever going to have, right? It like, is, yeah. It was just such a fluke too because I did not run that fast. <laughs> <day> fast. <laughs> and, yeah, no, and I was kind of right behind you and I'm thinking to myself, I should just ran with him. I mean, how cool would have that been? <laughs> but I stopped because I was like, I'm finally an A corral. Like I'm taking advantage of this. So no, was that, was, that was great. Um, it was. Um, but yeah, so I've got that. It's funny because I actually think I, I have a better idea of exactly how I'm going to do my princess weekend race uh, costumes oh, than I do really? any, any of the others. Um, it's trust me, like if you've seen my princess races get more elaborate, like people who saw my Jasmine finish line <laughs> photos this year and my uh, uh, for the half marathon, um, just like leaping across the finish line and my um, princess uh, Elena of Avalor, like the full uh-huh. dress, uh, I'm going to top those. So uh, the half marathon is going to be big this year. So. Um, yeah, so that's that. But um, so yeah, looking forward to Dopey. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that you've found a way to re-enjoy things because that's one of my things is so many people, you just, once you start to take running seriously, people start to suck the fun out of it, right? Is that you start to think about performance. And that's thankfully one of the things I've been really good at is like I keep focusing on the fun. And I think that that's one of the things I try and keep posting about. Like I'll be upfront with people because to a lot of people, I'm really fast, right? But I'm not mm-hmm. like elite. I'm not even sub elite. Like I am mm-hmm. at best in my very best shape. I am what you would call a uh, an age group runner, right? Like somebody who threatens age group awards and uh, like in kind of like medium, small to medium sized races. And that's at my best. And I'm not often at my best, honestly. Uh, yeah. But uh, but I do care. I care about my performance. And I, I'll be upfront at a race. It's like, this did not go well. But I still had fun because I focused on X, Y, and Z things. And I try to, like, remind people that, like, hey, like, you can have fun while taking things seriously. And just, like, um, this is something I, I mean, I want to talk to people more about, but kind of nailed down is, like, you don't have to make a good time to have a good time, right? And it's no, just kind of... right. Uh, and I think just kind of really focusing in on that has, thankfully, I've been pretty good about that, despite all of the running that I do. Like, I just keep doing mm-hmm. more and more and more, and I just keep managing to make it a good time. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, anything else you're looking forward to? Um, I mean, that's my big thing. I'm going home. We're going home for Thanksgiving to see my family this year. So I'll be redoing the Thanksgiving race, the first mar- half marathon I've ever done. And that's... Where's home? Um, uh, outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. Cool. So yeah, I'll dress up as my turkey as I always do, and um, it'll be fun because my fiance be, he'll be there, and that's exciting. That's even more exciting for what Dopey's gonna be, is because I mean we've known each other six years and been together about four of them, and I think I've been to Disney maybe twelve times while we've mm-hmm. been together, and he's come zero, <laughs> and he is coming in January, and I am so excited and. I'm just, I mean, I'm dressing up. I'm, he's going to sit out there for, you know, three, three and a half hours, four when I'm running the marathon. And it's just, it's going to be a game changer because I've 
just always woke myself up. You know, my family's still sleeping in the hotel. I go run, I come back, they're still sleeping. They're like, oh, you're back. I'm like, yeah. So that's, yeah, just a couple of races, probably just um, maybe another 5K here or there if any of my friends here want to run. But what about you? What are you, are you looking forward to anything? Um, yeah, What's so your next I finally, um, okay, so my next race is uh, my next I guess it is my next race and my next marathon, um, since I'm still doing one a month, is in um, outside of Seattle. I'm doing the Cascade Express <gasps> Marathon in September. Wow. Um, now, before that, it's not related to any of this. I'm looking forward to Dragon Con in Atlanta. Uh, I do that every year. It's just a big nerd convention. and Nice. I, I have to get my Halloween, because I'm also doing Halloween in Disney, like, going into Wine and Dine Weekend. So I've got to get all uh-huh. of those costumes set up. But if I have those set up, or at least mostly figured out... Um, and I think I have time between now and like two weeks to get at least one costume for Dragon Con. I'll do that, but I might just enjoy myself. Um, but anyways, yeah. yeah so for races, Cascade Express Marathon in September. Uh, then in October, I am looking at the Loco Marathon in Newmarket, New Hampshire. Um, huh. That's the only marathon I don't have, like, I'm not 100% sure about. I need to make sure that, like, it's affordable in terms of travel and stay and stuff. But my October is going to be a mess. Like, I'm going to Egypt for my cousin's wedding, the beginning of the month. And uh, my family's from there. Uh, Uh And and it's just like I've got uh, the Atlanta 10-miler is my favorite Atlanta race, period. And that's, uh, uh, what is it, October 20th. And I would like to not miss that. So I'm Mm -hmm. kind of narrowed down to which weekends are workable for me uh, in October. Uh, So if I do that, though, if I do the the loco... Uh, marathon that would be the Sunday before Wine and Dine. Then a few d- days later, I'd be driving down to Orlando, doing Halloween, followed by the three Wine and Dine races. Yeah. And the following weekend after that, I'd be in Nashville to do the Nashville Marathon, which which we might meet, right? Yes, for sure, because that's okay. where I live. <laughs> uh, and then later that, so that's three weekends in a row. That's like a marathon followed by Wine and Dine Weekend, three races, followed by another marathon in the space of three weekends. Yeah. Uh, Then I would just have, let's see, one, two, three and a half weeks off, and then, uh, well, off of races, obviously. Uh, And then the Atlanta half uh, marathon is my favorite half marathon. Uh, That's the one that I, the first one that I ran, and I do that every year. Uh Uh, Shoot. And then December, the first weekend in December, I'll be going back to Tennessee for the St. Jude Memphis Marathon. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, I might, depending on what a friend does, um, I might the following weekend also do the, uh, what's it called? K- the Kiwa Island, something like that in South Carolina. There's a marathon. Oh, is yeah i've yeah i've heard of that yeah. one so i might do back-to-back marathons in december to cap off my marathon month year with two month with two marathons in december maybe yeah yeah why not <laughs> and I then as well. and then i get to relax a whole like you know handful of weeks before dopey and then that would be the last marathon for at least a couple of months then i'd be able to do just the princess half weekend and uh-huh. uh and for Publix, i am not going to pace the full marathon maybe i'll volunteer to pace the half marathon in Publix in march but yeah so we're getting out of ourselves there's like endless list of races that i plan to do i'm excited about all of those um yeah it sounds exciting um i do also i am pretty sure i'm going to try for wine and dine if i can't swing it by then i will definitely do it for marathon weekend uh, i want to have a meetup um at least one like just like a run the small world like people who know me and want to like meet up with yeah. other people and just have fun um maybe i'll 
I mean, I have to figure out if I can get a logo by then and like make some stickers and stuff uh, just for fun. Yeah, but, that's a great idea. And then just be like, you know, because I always do my uh, my Disney bounds too. And so be like, hey, find me in one of the parks and I'll give you a sticker. Yeah. Um, but also come to these meetups and stuff like that. And I just feel like, you know, I know a lot of really fun people who would like each other too. And it'd be really fun to just get to know more people that way. Um, so that's something to be on the lookout if you follow me on Instagram. And I'll, you know, I'll talk about that more as it comes. I'll hopefully mention that more in upcoming podcast episodes as well. Um, yeah, uh, I guess one other little thing, and this is actually, it's, I'm pretty excited. It happened, there are two little things. So uh, people who follow me, I don't know if you saw, so the Peachtree Road Race, really big 4th of July race in Atlanta, biggest mm-hmm. 10K in the world. Yeah. Um, they put me on the marathon mile marker. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, excuse me, the sixth mile marker, so the last mile marker of the thing, and I am getting those. Uh, I it, it took a lot of like talking through people, but I finally got into contact with them, and they are giving me those mile markers to keep. So that's pretty exciting. Um, uh, cause it's like, you know, I'm the only person who ever got to be on the last mile marker of the 50th Petri Road Race. Yeah, uh, no, that's exciting. Uh, so I'm getting both of them and I, so I'm probably going to keep one and give one to my parents, um, cause they are interested. Uh, and then another thing, cause I, I figured that out yesterday and the same time, um, I also, uh, got in touch with, so last week, anybody who follows me, I posted about hammer nutrition. It's just, I mean, you know, I really like it. It's just stuff I really like. It's what I use for mm-hmm. all of my running nutrition stuff at this point. Um, they got in touch and as of yesterday, I am, I'm an ambassador. So what? that's, uh, that's exciting. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. Um, so if you know me, if you're listening to this and so on, um, I'll put in the show notes, like I have a little, uh, customer code. So if you've ever thought about it and you want to talk to me about like a first purchase, you can get a 15% discount and I'll also get like a little kickback from your purchase. Uh, if you use my code, but also like I have experienced most of these products at this point and I like them a lot and it's all been on my own money. Like they're not giving me anything for it, uh, or like haven't so far, but, um, but like, uh, I mean, I really believe in this stuff and I'm happy to give advice. And, you know, if you use that, then I get a kind of just a little bit of attention from them and so on. And that's great. Um, and they also, because I'm an ambassador, if you know you're going to meet me at races and stuff, um, I can ask them whenever I per- make purchases, I can ask them for samples to hand out. So if you want to try things and stuff, let me know before a race that we're both going to be at and I will uh, hook you up. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. Thanks. It was pretty fun. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a little thing. And again, like I went into the conversations, like I need to make sure that this is not a thing that's going to make things less fun for me. I can't make it feel like it's like a weird responsibility obligation thing. That's going to change what I'm already doing, uh, significantly. So, um, like sponsorship would be a whole different conversation be like, okay, like what are the rules Mm -hmm. that I have to follow and stuff? And this isn't quite that, but, um, I will probably just because of this, like I'll probably wear some hammer gear because I really like their stuff. And, now that I have a relationship with them, I'll probably like rep this product more, but they got in touch because I was already doing that. Not because like, so not the other way around, you know? Um, so I don't feel like I'm uh, being a shill or anything. So no, no, no. <laughs> uh, cool. So uh, on that note, thank you so much, Megan, for, you know, helping me out uh, and joining me on this episode because I've wanted to talk about this for a while and mm-hmm. this was fantastic. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to plug or anywhere that you would like people to follow you? I'm Yeah, I'm just on Instagram. It's at Meg's Runs. And it's, I just, 
post pictures of me running in my neighborhood and it's a lot of my dog Sal because he, I pretty much take him on all my runs with me if they're under three miles and <laughs> a lot of me complaining about the MCAT and obsessed with Harry Potter and Disney and probably my whole story is all about mental health and so yeah if you want to follow me on Instagram it's at Meg's Runs and um, we can touch base there. Cool. Uh, and as always, you can follow me on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, Instagram, I mean, I feel like not many people are listening to this who didn't find me via Instagram, but it's uh, Run the Small World is the name on there. And on Facebook, there's a Run the Small World Facebook page um, as well. Of course, if you just friend me on Facebook, I'll probably accept. <laughs> um, but you'll see more of the posts. If Facebook is your thing, you'll see more of the posts uh, through the, uh, the Run the Small World page. Um, Otherwise, thanks for listening and tune in next time. Yeah, so you've definitely not recorded a podcast episode before. No, I have absolutely no idea. I, I think almost every guest I've had on here has not been on a podcast episode before. Yeah, yeah, no. I listened to, it's all I listened to recently, like past a year, maybe even two <laughs> years. All I do is listen to podcasts. I don't even listen to the radio anymore. So, how was that? <laughs> it was good. It's like I was just chatting away and listening. It was fun. Yep good I'm, I'm glad because like i'm always afraid when you know i've had several people who've been like super nervous and like if i can make it comfortable so it just feels like a chat cool because that's all this is right like yeah uh, I, I had to tell myself that i was like you're just talking again it's it's not that big of a deal and just whatever it's fine we went i we went a while i'm yeah I, we did yeah Uh-oh. lost you for a second yeah i think you lost me are you, are you back i can hear you there i can hear you I can hear you. Can you hear me? You cannot hear ah. me. Okay. Ah. Oh no. Let me text you. <laughs> uh oh. Did I push something? You can hear everything I'm saying? <laughs> so you heard me yell. <laughs>